Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. From KMOX Sports. Okay, boys, here we go. Welcome to the Great Bar Sports Open Line. Those mid swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Great Bar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. Here we go. Now, Matt Pauley on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. All right, man, let's get going here. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Let's go. On a Friday night, we welcome you into another edition of a Gray Bar Sports Open Line right here on KMOX. My name is Matt Pauley, as I've got you uh, this evening, taking you uh, all the way through 8 o'clock. We've got, uh, we've got ourselves a busy program tonight. Sometimes we kind of ease into the weekend on a Friday night show. Not the case tonight, as uh, we certainly have a lot coming up in about uh, 10 minutes or so. We're going to be joined by uh, Bob Lutz. Now, Bob Lutz is a longtime uh, columnist, journalist, uh, sports writer in the Wichita area. He uh, now hosts a uh, radio show on our sister station in Wichita, but he's also the founder and executive director of the League 42 Foundation. And that's the Little League Baseball group in Wichita where uh, they're connected to the Jackie Robinson statue uh, that was destroyed, stolen, taken away here recently. Uh, You've perhaps heard the story. If you haven't heard the story, uh, we'll explain everything to you. It's, It's a horrendous story that has a somewhat okay ending as the, just based off the response to it. So we'll get more on that with uh, Bob Lutz coming up at 620 and then 635 this hour. Uh, we'll talk with uh, Kylie McDaniel, ESPN Baseball Insider. Uh, he put out his uh, baseball prospect team rankings. Where do the Cardinals rank? Uh, we'll get into uh, that next hour. Brian Barnhart will be with us to talk uh, Illinois basketball and Charles Davis, NFL analyst for CBS will join us to talk through the Super Bowl. But let's start the program by talking about what has happened in baseball here over the last 18 hours or so last night after we got done with the countdown to opening day show it was a uh, it was a fairly busy evening in terms of the Cardinals and the NL Central. We'll start with the Cardinals. Kenyon Middleton is being signed. The Cardinals have yet to announce this signing, so right now it is just being widely reported. But all indications are that Middleton is going to sign a one-year deal with the Cardinals. He is a right-handed relief pitcher. Last year, he split time between the White Sox and the Yankees. His time with the Yankees, he got traded to the Yankees late in the season. He was fantastic with New York struck out 17 batters in 14 and a third innings had a 1.88 ERA Uh, overall his combined numbers between the White Sox and Yankees last season two and two 3.38 ERA two saves 64 strikeouts in 50 and two thirds innings he also was 
that was a toxic, a toxic White House, White Sox clubhouse last year. And he was one of the first individuals to make that very clear of how toxic it actually was. He obviously was not happy, so it's not a surprise that his numbers got better when he ended up with the Yankees. Here's the thing. This is a nice signing. This makes the team better. I am very happy that the team made this move. I want them to have as many high leverage relievers as possible. And Middleton, he he looks like he goes into that role. He looks like a guy I always say, do you, who do you trust in the seventh inning? Not the ninth inning. There's there's you know, it's it's a little bit different in the ninth inning, but who do you trust, say in the seventh inning, when you're up by a run and you need somebody to go out there and get three outs and get you to the eighth? And I think Middleton absolutely is able to fill that role. He makes you better. The number one thing I have been talking about lately is the bullpen being better. And I would suspect that I would think that you can kind of print out your 2024 Cardinals roster at this point. I, to me, this feels like the final move. Now that being said, there's still so many guys out there. If something falls back to the Cardinals, I know John Moselock and company hasn't closed any doors. When you look at the amount of starting pitchers that are out there, a lot of people talk about Jordan Montgomery. I don't think Montgomery is going to end up with the Cardinals, but if at some point in time, it just, he, he doesn't have the multi-year deal that he wants for this year. And he wants to try it again next year. And all of a sudden they come back around and they're willing to do a one-year deal or a one-year deal with a player option, something like that. I would expect that the Cardinals might re-engage in a situation like that. I still think it is somewhat unlikely. And I would say that the way the Cardinals roster is built right now is essentially what we're going to see as pitchers and catchers report in less than two weeks. The Cardinals' chances to win the NL Central, though, did get buoyed yesterday beyond the fact that they add to their bullpen because the Milwaukee Brewers got worse yesterday. They trade away former Cy Young Award winner Corbin Burns. He goes to the Baltimore Orioles, so he is out of the National League. The Orioles give back infielder Joey Ortiz, left-handed pitcher D.L. Hall, and the 34th pick in the 2024 draft. They're basically getting six years of control on Ortiz and Hall, and they get that for a Corbin Burns who is going to leave the organization at the end of the year. Burns had made no bones about it. He made it very clear that he was looking to break the bank and the Brewers weren't going to be able to afford him. Like he was not he was not tiptoeing around that. He was not towing some sort of company line about some sort of hometown discount for the Brewers or anything. When you listened to him talk and when he was asked direct questions about any potential of re-signing with the Brewers, he made it pretty clear that that wasn't going to happen because they couldn't afford him. So the Brewers make the decision to move on from him. The Brewers are not as good right now as they were this time yesterday because they just lost one of the uh, really a top five pitcher in all baseball, certainly top 10, probably top five. They, he just walked out the door. And Joey Ortiz has the opportunity to be a really good player. DL Hall, they got to figure out what his role is going to be. Is he going to be a starter? Is he going to be a reliever? Could he develop into a high-end closer? Uh, his, his role is not clear, but he's got nasty stuff. And then you never know what you're going to get with the 34th pick in the draft, but you should be able to get something pretty solid. So I'm sure the Brewers internally feel good about that because they knew that they were going to lose Corbin Burns at the end of the season. But yes, Brewers fans, they're not happy about it. They're not happy about it one bit 
because they're a team that just won the division last year. And now they are getting worse. They don't have Corbin Burns. They're not going to have Brandon Woodruff for maybe all of the season. And it's just in a, in a year where the NL central is going to be completely up for grabs. It feels, yeah, I've said over and over and over that there's not a whole lot of difference between the Cardinals, the Cubs, the Brewers, and the Reds. Maybe we take the Brewers out of that equation. Now, maybe it's more, there's not a whole lot of difference between the Cardinals, the Cubs and the Reds. I don't know. I just, it does not feel like the Brewers want to win this year. So that's good for the Cardinals that it's turning out that way. We'll talk much more about that as we uh, go on throughout the course of the program. But up next, we are going to uh, be joined uh, by Bob Lutz. We'll talk about uh, the situation in Wichita involving the uh, Jackie Robinson statue, which was stolen and destroyed. We'll do that coming up in just a moment as we roll on. It's Graybar Sports Open Line on KMOX. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Dive into all things Cardinals on Cardinals Conversations. Your go-to location for exclusive content from KMOX. Catch it on the Odyssey app or your favorite podcast platform. Stay connected with your team. Cardinals Conversations, where the Redbird talk never stops. It's Graybar Sports Open Line right here on KMOX. Really happy to uh, be able to... I'm not happy about the reason I'm bringing this guy on, but I'm glad that I'm able to... uh, let a few more people know uh, about a situation that started off horribly. And actually uh, over the last few days, it's gotten a little bit better. If you've not been following along in Wichita, there was a Jackie Robinson statue at a park uh, that was basically torn down and then destroyed. And uh, the statue was connected to uh, a little league there, uh, League 42. And uh, very happy right now to welcome on uh, the founder and executive director of that league. He's a longtime uh, writer in uh, the Wichita area, now hosting uh, the Bob and Jeff show on our sister station, KFH Radio in Wichita. He is uh, Bob Lutz. Bob, appreciate you taking some uh, time with with us today. How are you? Hey, I really appreciate you reaching out. KMOX is a big part of my uh, life. I've listened to a lot of Cardinals games. 
on KMOX. So glad to be with you. Yeah, I'm glad there's a reason to talk, but I'm not glad what the reason is. And like I said, I kind of went down the, the, the path of what happened, but... Can you explain a little better than me? Because this was something that's obviously garnered national news, but uh, just this amazingly beautiful Jackie Robinson statue uh, was was destroyed for seemingly no reason. Yeah, the seemingly no reason is the one that's causing us to scratch our heads. So hopefully when uh, we get to the bottom of all this and arrests are made and uh, charges are brought, We'll have some kind of an explanation, although I don't ever think you could get a satisfactory explanation of why people would do something this heinous. You know, this statue is a symbol of League 42. Uh, Jackie Robinson, as everyone knows, broke Major League color, Major League's color barrier in 1947. And not only that, he went on to have a Hall of Fame career, tremendous four-sport athlete at UCLA, a great business person. Uh, his legacy is powerful. And one of the reasons we're talking, Matt, is because of that legacy. It's Jackie Robinson. Yeah. Um, again, there's a there's a partially good ending to all this, but before we get to that, emotionally, what was it like for you a first when, when the statue went missing and it was cut off right there at the ankles? And then secondly, when the, when the remnants of it were found just completely destroyed in a fire in a park, just those two moments, uh, how tough was that for you in, in the Wichita baseball community uh, when those two things occurred? Well, last Thursday, a week ago, uh, yesterday, I walked out of our office, uh, League 42. We have a new building. And the statue's directly across the street, kind of catty corner. But it, every day when I walk out of that office, I look over at the statue uh, because it gives me a good feeling. We fought long and hard to get that done, and it's uh, it's symbolic of what we're trying to do with our kids. I couldn't see it, and it was a dreary, overcast day. So I wondered if that was the reason. I kind of blinked my eyes, uh, you know, not. <laughs> Couldn't, couldn't understand why I wasn't seeing that statue. I called our administrative assistant out. Uh, she looked over. She couldn't see it. And I asked her to go over and check on that because I had a very bad feeling. And I don't think I could have handled it. So when she came back and said it's been cut off just above the ankles, uh, I honestly felt uh, sick to my stomach. And I'm not exaggerating there. I almost felt like I was going to pass out such a such a deep feeling of disappointment anger bewilderment and sadness it was uh it was a bad moment yeah um i can't i can't even imagine there was obviously hope at that moment that maybe it would be found but just a couple days later the, the opposite of that has happened as uh the people who stole it completely destroyed it, burned it. It was found in a park, and uh, any hope to get that actual statue back just went away in that moment. Yeah, and strangely, I did not have the uh, amount of emotional reaction on that one. It was certainly, uh, I was certainly upset, but that that provided a little bit of closure because we didn't know where the statue was. We didn't know if we'd ever find it. My fear that it was had been dumped in a river somewhere. But now at least, even though it's been cut up, which is, I, I just, every time I talk about this, I just shake my head. Uh, even though it's been dismembered and 
they tried to burn it. It's hard to burn bronze. Uh, we do have that statue, and uh, I guess we're at least glad that we have portions of it uh, that will be in our possession to do with what we choose to do, rather than it just being where to go, you know? Yeah. So that's enough of the really bad stuff. The The reaction to this has been, I think, heartening. Uh, it has made national news. I'm talking to you in St. Louis. You've been interviewed by, by a lot of people. Uh, there's been a fundraiser. Major League Baseball has gotten involved. And, and it sounds like at the end of the day, uh, an exact replica of this statue is going to be able to be recreated? It has been ordered, yes. So we're going to move forward on that. Uh, we're going to put up another Jackie statue. Unfortunately, these things take time. So it's going to be about a six-month period. Don't ask me why. I'm not uh, involved in art in any way, shape, or form. Uh, but the foundry in Loveland, Colorado, is going to do its best job to try to eat that six-month timeline. But I don't know how successful they'll be. But it will be a great uh, moment to put up another statue. Uh, we'll, it, I think it's a message that Jackie Robinson would want us to send, that despite every adversity thrown at us and at him, uh, we're going to try to be able to overcome that. The original designer of the statue has passed away since since it was created, but I know you guys were able to hold on to the mold. Is I don't know anything about statues and, and, and making statues. Is holding on to the mold like that, is that, a, is that a standard thing, or did you guys in a way kind of luck I, out with this? I think it's standard to hold the mold, but I think the mold has a shelf life. So the fact that this happened relatively uh, soon after the the original statue was built, we're talking uh, around three years, apparently, and again, I, I know probably less than you, but apparently that mold is still viable and can easily be used uh, to recreate this uh, new statue. What has it been like for you seeing the reaction of people throughout the country and just the baseball community, Major League Baseball getting involved? So many people are doing whatever they can to, to support you in this project. Well, I'm, I, I, don't, I don't know that I have the words. You know, I, being a journalist, I knew that this story would develop. I even said to somebody, I think this will be a national story. Uh, but I don't think I could have predicted the scope and just how many people it has reached. And that's uh, for two reasons. First and foremost, it's uh, a statue of Jackie Robinson. And secondly, I think people like uh, organizations that serve kids. And that's certainly what League 42 does. We have 600 kids between the ages of 5 and 14. They play baseball. They participate in four education programs uh, that we've started. Uh, so we do a lot to help kids, and we do it for very, uh, very much a nominal fee of $30 per child or family of siblings to play baseball. And there's no charge for our education programs. Yeah, getting ready to talk to you, I, I, I went to the website and I saw what you're just talking about. We, we live in a world right now when it comes to youth baseball of academies and showcases and travel and hundreds if not thousands of dollars being spent. And, and you guys are able to provide the game of baseball for $30 
full uniform, glove if needed, instruction, fields, games. As someone who loves the game of baseball, I read that and it just kind of excited me. I appreciate so much of what you're doing to make the game accessible to, to, to the youth. So if anything, I hope more people learn about what you're doing as a result of this and maybe long term there can be some positives and again, there's going to be some money coming your way through uh, fundraisers, but I just, I just so appreciate what you guys are doing because I think it's really important. Yeah, you know, Matt, we're in the we're in the largest city in Kansas. About four hundred thousand people live here, so it's a it's a fairly big sized city. But we're not in a major league market, uh, so it's been difficult to kind of spread our word a little bit. Uh, and never you would never want this to be the impetus for that to happen. But that certainly is what's happened uh, since this all went down. A lot of people are learning about League 42 who uh, otherwise would not be aware of us. So I think the goal is to turn a, a terrible negative into a as much of a positive as we can, and that's, uh, that's happening because of the uh, assistance of so many. The website is league42.org. There's links right there to the GoFundMe page and all the information if you want to help out uh, with bringing back this Jackie Robinson statue. And, again, any extra money beyond that uh, goes to this just amazingly wonderful organization. Again, league42.org. Bob, before I let you go, you are a Cardinals fan. You're on the voice of the Cardinals right now on KMOX. So let, let me ask you this. Have you been, have you been happy with the, uh, the offseason move so far? Would you like the, the Cardinals to have done a little bit more? Matt, there are no happy Cardinals fans <laughs> right now. Don't don't try to make me be happy. Uh, we're we're coming off a seventy-one win season. Uh, I've been I, I have a Twitter account and I've been pretty critical of John Mazalak and the ownership. I'm somebody who's followed this team and been a diehard fan since nineteen sixty-three. So I feel like I've been there with them. I'm hopeful. I'll just say that. I hope these moves work out. Uh, I almost feel like they could assign me as old as some of these starting pitchers are. But I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. I like Sonny Gray. I hope Lance Lynn can uh, find something. I like Kyle Gibson. Uh, we'll see. I I don't know what to think. Uh, the, the division in which they play, the Central, nobody's really done a whole lot there to take off and and, and dwarf what the Cardinals are doing. But if you compare it to the Dodgers and the Braves and the Phillies and those teams, I just don't see it. But we'll see. Hopeful. Got to be hopeful. Hopeful. I love it. Where did your Cardinals fan, you said 1963, how did you become a Cardinals fan? Well, you're going to like this answer. KMOX there you was, go. Uh, was a powerhouse and still is. And uh, St. Louis was the westernmost a major league baseball organization in my youth. And my dad was a Cardinals fan and he listened to KMOX on his transistor radio. And uh, I ended up doing the same. So uh, my early Bob Gibson's my favorite player of all time. And uh, certainly Lou Brock is right there as well. I have a little bit of Cardinals memorabilia, but I'm a, I'm a big Cardinals fan and uh, always will be. 
Well, Bob, this was a treat for me. For people who don't know, I went to college at K-State, so I, I read the Wichita newspaper religiously And when you were a columnist there at the time. So, uh, I, again, I'm, I'm not happy why we had to brought you, bring you on, but uh, it's been a lot of fun to be able to, uh, to talk to you. So uh, thank you so much for taking the time. Well, I, I appreciate it. And again, it's been a, a fun deal for me to be on KMOX. And, uh, Matt, thank you for reaching out. Bob Lutz joining us here uh, on the program, uh, and we appreciate him taking a few moments with us. When we come back, Kylie McDaniel will talk through where the Cardinals rank in terms of uh, the organizational uh, prospects, and uh, because a new uh, the new set of rankings have come out, we'll talk with Kylie in just a moment here on KMOX. This is the Graybar Sports Open Line. Goes mid swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer on America's Sports Voice KMOX. Back at it on a Friday night. We are getting oh so close to baseball season. Pitchers and catchers reporting in less than two weeks. Of course, we are your home of the Cardinals at KMOX. We're going to head back to the Quiver River Electric guest line right now. Very happy to be able to uh, welcome on to the program. He is an ESPN baseball insider. He is Kylie McDaniel. You follow him on Twitter at uh, KylieMCD. Kylie, uh, appreciate you coming back on the program. How are you? Doing good. Thanks for having me. You've uh, you've been busy over the last couple of weeks. You did your top hundred prospects. You also ranked uh, farm systems across baseball. I want to get into that with you. Uh, you've got the Cardinals at number eighteen. You make the point that they've certainly uh, graduated some players here recently. Most recently, uh, Jordan Walker and Ivan Herrera. Obviously, what they did at the trade deadline last year, they brought in some players that are considered pretty solid prospects. How do you, from a big picture standpoint, beyond their current ranking of, of number eighteen, how do you evaluate? Evaluate what the Cardinals are doing right now in terms of uh, developing players. Well, I think it, it has to be looked at in concert with what they're doing at the big league level. And I would say that the weakness on the big league team is the front line starting pitching that, uh, you know, Sonny Gray is probably the best guy they could get in that sort of price range. But ideally, if you're going to project a team to, you know, win multiple playoff series and, you know, do all the things you'd like to see the team do, uh, you'd like to have that Yamamoto, Nola, maybe even Blake Snell, like that kind of guy. And that kind of guy is not currently in the system because when they look at the international and draft markets, they tend to lean toward guys that are, uh, you know, third, fourth starters that are innings eaters that can, you know, a little more pitch to contact than pitch the top of the zone with a four seamer, uh, you know, throw a slider in the zone as opposed to throw a curveball out of the zone, you know, those sorts of guys. And so you look at the system and say, well, is that is that guy in the system? Well, not really. And so Alex Reyes was that guy at one point, and then he didn't become that guy. And I think the guy with the best chance to do that would be Tink Hintz, uh, who will probably open double-A this year, has a chance to be in the big leagues, but also has just been building up innings. So he's probably not going to be pitching you know, every fifth day of the entire season, going five, six innings. Uh, but then in 2025, there's a chance he can be second, third starter, maybe be the best starter on the team. But then sometimes those guys aren't good right out of the gates. And then when you look at the position player side, there's almost too many good young position players that they can't all get playing time. You have Mason Wynn's going to sort of break in and uh, probably be the opening day shortstop this year. Uh, you still have Victor Scott, Thomas Segisi, Chase Davis right behind him, And you have a number of guys at the big league level that are kind of working in right now. It seems to me that it would, it would seem to be that given what St. Louis is good at, what they have at the big league level to package a couple of these young hitters together and go to a team like Seattle or one of these other teams that is flush with young pitching and see if you can go find that guy there, take a gamble that you can pick the hitters that you can afford to lose and gamble that you can find that pitcher that can turn into that frontline guy to sort of build the whole team around. You mentioned Tink Hens. He has yet to throw a hundred innings in a season. He was right under it last year. It feels like if you want him to get to 
you know, 160, 180 in the big leagues. You don't want to take those big jumps too much that he might still be two, three years away from, from getting to that. That's what concerns me about him. Is that a, is that a rightful concern? Yeah. And he's one of those guys when he was drafted, he was in that 2020 uh, COVID draft. So I remember seeing him in the 2019 summer and you're like, all right, this guy's nice athletic frame, very smooth arm action. Like you can see things coming. Uh, And then they drafted him after just a couple outings that spring up because the spring shut down early and then he wasn't pitching early. And I know I just assumed he was injured and he wasn't, they were just taking it easy, building up the innings. And so they've continued doing it, uh, you know, slowly. And so you'd think, you know, maybe 130 innings this year, and maybe, like I said, maybe that's you know skipping every third or fourth start. Maybe you start late. Maybe you end early. Maybe there's a little bit of soreness. You use that as an excuse, take a month off, and then come back in. Maybe it becomes a reliever down the stretch. Like there's a lot of ways to do that. There's guys in the big leagues like you know Michael Waka types that are supposed to throw 160 innings and they throw 110 and you know they make all their starts. So like there's a lot of different ways that could go. That's why I wouldn't expect him to be like an impact guy this year. But the potential is there. His stuff could still – he's still young enough. He still has the arm action and the frame and everything. There could be one more notch of stuff. Right now he's you know, 50 is major league average. He's got 55 above average grade stuff with the command to start. There's still a chance it turns into 60 grade plus stuff, which is what you're looking for for that frontline starter. He could be that guy. But ideally you'd like to have two or three of those guys to, to count on one of them turning into the guy you need. You've got Tinkins as your number uh, 49 overall prospect in baseball. Mason Wynn still has prospect eligibility. That will go away uh, very early on, assuming uh, he breaks camp and is the opening day shortstop for the Cardinals, which is what they want to have happen. How much do you believe in Wynn in terms of being a somewhat impact player at the big league level right away? Yeah, it's, it makes me pause a little bit, and I would imagine fans are probably the same way, the, uh, based on how he looked when he came to the big leagues, and it just wasn't that great. Uh, you can look at you know some predictive numbers like Exploba that say that he underperformed by at least 40 points. The uh, strikeout and walk rates in the big leagues weren't that bad. So it did seem to be a little more bad luck than it was terrible process. Uh, but I would say, especially this year, I would look more for sure-handed guy that can give you some value on the base paths, is good athlete, uh, both in the field, 80 grade arm that you're going to ooh and ah at, steal some bases here and there, run into a couple home runs. Maybe he's going to hit 230, 240 this year. Maybe he'll 250, 260. I, I wouldn't look for him to be the sort of all star at the plate, like that sort of all around superstar. The the idea that I think has become more prevalent in the last five or ten years in baseball is that if you can be a league average hitter, which is you know something like 260 with 15 homers and play an above average shortstop at an important position, that guy's like an above average player that's making some all star teams. And you're hoping there's a little more than average major league uh, production. Maybe there's a little less than that in his rookie season. But you're kind of looking in that general area. And if you get you know 270 and 20 homers, all of a sudden you're talking about a standout player. And we're just like one notch away from him possibly being that. So that's why he's 20th on the list. Is like there's a chance he's an impact guy that's making a couple all-star teams. But at the very least, you're getting a league minimum starter at shortstop for three years. We're talking with uh, Kylie McDaniel from ESPN. You've got Tink Hens as the top-ranked uh, pitching prospect in the organization. Some people who do what you do uh, put TK Roby just in front of him, Roby coming over at the deadline last year. He doesn't make it into your top 100. Where do you view Roby as being a, a guy, and what, what's the expectations for him moving forward? Uh, this will come out next week, but uh, he's in the 10 or 12 guys that uh, that were close to making it that got caught. Uh, Victor Scott, center fielder, and Thomas Deguisi, infielder, were also in that consideration group of the 2025 guys uh, that were right there in the discussion. Uh, Roby is a little more the kind of guy I was talking about earlier, where there's probably not a plus pitch, but I really like him going all the way back to his high school days in Florida, where he's averaged to above at basically everything he does on the mound. 
Uh, his feel for pitching has stood out from an early age. He's building up those innings. He's The numbers are maybe even better than you would expect. And so he's the kind of guy that's going to figure out a way to make it work, and I would imagine he'll be in the big leagues at some point this year. But again, the Cardinals have a lot of depth of sort of big league caliber arms that can go multiple innings. You have guys like Libertor and Zach Thompson that probably aren't going to start in the rotation that are just going to be available. You have Michael McGreevy and Graceffo, Sam Reverse, another guy that was acquired at the deadline, that are all in that sort of upper minors conversation for guys that could get starts. So I wouldn't you know, guarantee any one of the young players will get a lot of starts or a lot of innings in the rotation. I think almost all of those guys will appear in the big leagues at some point, and if some things go wrong, some guys get injured, things like that, then those guys will get a chance uh, to assert themselves in the rotation, and maybe one of them will prove me wrong. Maybe maybe TK Roby is that guy that's going to be game one starter in the playoffs, and I should have you know believed in him more, you know whatever. Um, that's you know sort of the the good and the bad of having a lot of young players like this. In the same way that you know Jordan Walker, tons of expectation comes up is like pretty good, uh, but you're hoping for a little bit more. And Nolan Gorman, you thought he'd be pretty good, and he was okay, and then he was really good. Like it's just that's just kind of the the way life is when you have stuff like that, which is why you like having your Sonny Gray and your Arenado and. Um, and you know all the all the veterans, the Goldschmidt that you can count on to be good because you're going to get a little bit of a roller coaster when you're counting on the young players to to give you you know consistent production. Do you think Victor Scott impacts the major league team this year? I wouldn't count on him to impact it this year, but he is the kind of guy. I mean, we see these guys, whether it's you know Jared Dyson or uh, those guys that are just kind of floating around, Terrence Gore that just because they are good defenders that can run and steal bases and be pinch runners, that they get called up and put on playoff rosters and can you know impact the team in that way. Um, so while I think he is good at the thing he does, I wonder if they want him to stay the entire season in the upper minors and continue sort of finishing that process. Sometimes guys, and he may be one of them, uh, aren't able to make those adjustments because they are not challenged enough in the minor leagues to make the adjustment they have to make. They have to face big league pitching to make that last step. So I think it comes down to how they see his development path. Does he have to get regular at bats? Uh, does he need to be in the big leagues? And when you get late in the season and like minor league seasons are ending and hopefully the playoffs are coming uh, at the big league level, then it's like, well, he has to be on the roster. And uh, the one thing that makes you pause is he doesn't have to be added to the 40-man until the end of next year. So he's not on the clock where he's going to be on the 40-man anyway, and so you might as well call him up. So I would imagine they will play it safe and then in a sort of – stretch run playoff situation he'll be an option to be added early and then maybe in 2025 would be the spot where you see him maybe taking a spot again a spot that could be opened up from a trade for frontline young pitcher Uh, i think that would sort of uh, be copacetic for everybody involved he is kylie mcdaniel espn baseball insider his uh, farm system rankings his top 100 mlb prospects all available right now espn.com kylie thanks as always uh, for the time have a uh, wonderful weekend and i'm sure we'll talk to you again real soon Yep, thanks for having me. All right, very good. There's Kylie McDaniel joining us here on the program. We'll take a break and have more coming up in just a moment as we wrap up hour number one of the program. It's a great bar sports open line on KMOX. One more hour left here in our week's worth of programs next hour. We've got a busy hour coming up uh, next hour. We're going to talk with uh, Brian Barnhart, talk uh, Illinois basketball uh, with him as uh, the Fighting Illini continue to play uh, quite well. And then uh, Charles Davis is going to join us next hour as well. NFL analyst for uh, CBS will get his thoughts on, uh, on on the Super Bowl. I saw our boss here, Steve Moore, quote tweeted this. So I saw this earlier today. It was a uh, it was a TikTok video, Matt Pajeski, and you know how football fans are always complaining about too much Taylor Swift on, on the TV. Yep. Um, well, the, um, 
the video, the TikTok video that was posted, it was it was it was um it was a joke, but it was someone who went to a Taylor Swift concert and said that they just showed way too much Travis Kelsey at uh, at, at a Taylor Swift concert as they uh, showed just uh you know 10 15 seconds of him up on the screen right. and that's kind of the uh, that's kind of the funny part of uh, this whole thing when it comes to uh, Taylor Swift when you actually do the math and look at it feels like they're looking at her a lot but they're they're really not. It's very often less than a minute's worth of time of her on the TV. So I just thought it was a funny, uh, a funny tweet, and it was well done by the uh, the person on TikTok who uh, who did that uh, earlier today. So one to uh, wanted to mention that. But we'll we will do our best to talk the Super Bowl, and we'll do that without uh, discussing Taylor Swift when we talk with uh, Charles Davis coming up uh, next hour. Also, we'll continue to uh, dive in when we come back next hour, uh, and I'll be interested to hear from you. We'll take your uh, phone call. If you want to get in here at 314-436-7900 for next hour uh, in our first segment, what are your thoughts on the Cardinals going out and adding to their bullpen? Are you all excited about uh, Keenan Middleton? Are you still wanting more, more, more? We'll discuss the uh, Middleton signing and also we'll get a little bit more into uh, what to think of the Brewers and then moving on from Corbin Burns and what that's going to mean for them this year. We'll take a break and have more in just a moment. It's a great bar sports open line on KMOX. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.